So, this is a open drag king night. Some of these kings have... Yes. Everyone is excited. It's wonderful. Anyway, you can toss your dollars up here. Um, if a drag king does find their way out into the audience, you can also hand them money. And if they consent, you can put the dollar on them. This is like very consensual right here, right? You know, I think as a drag king, we are questioning what it means to to be a man and what does masculinity mean and what does it look like and there are some brilliant performers out there who have put on some amazing acts that really make you you know sit down and think about what does this mean and why do we think masculinity can only be presented in these very narrow views understand that these are things that you've adopted from people around you from your environment and these are not necessarily things that you're quote unquote born with right like nobody is born hyper masculine you know that's not that's not what's <laughs> happening right uh, unless it does then i i stand corrected but i don't think that's what happens pretty ricky is a drag king and he's the real deal the outfits the accessories the diy facial hair the mannerisms and gestures on stage are all meticulously put together. And as someone who's been trying to better understand what performing masculinity actually looks like, I'm realizing this real-life act has been doing that work for me. I'm Eamon Ismail, and you're listening to Man Up. On this show, every week, we tell honest stories about our lives and investigate where we get our ideas about what it means to be a man. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. If you're like me and you're more familiar with drag queens thanks to the RuPaul empire, then listen up. So for the uninitiated, can you describe a typical drag king performance? Um, so drag kings are more often than not female-bodied people who... Uh, do performative masculinity on stage. Uh, similar to drag queens, it's, um, it can be a theatrical performance that includes music and lip syncing, although drag kings can also be singers, stand-up comedians, hmm. variety performers. In my troupe, we actually have uh, one person who is a sideshow person as well, so they sword swallow and eat fire Whoa. and do all kinds of things like that. I'm Pretty Ricky's crew goes hard. He's the leader and co-founder of the Pretty Boy Drag Troupe. When I first started investigating what a drag king show might look like, I was coming in with that bias of expecting it to look like what a typical drag queen show would look like. You know, musical numbers, singing, twirling. Uh, that's not what I got at all. Drag kinging in general, because we live in a world where drag queens are celebrated and people still don't know what a drag king is, mm -hmm. um, uh, oftentimes drag kings will have 
a little bit more in their back pocket to entice an audience, to entertain an audience. Um, I, I think as drag kings, we have to work harder, mm-hmm. which I'm not mad at in the sense that, uh, you know, it's on me to become an all-around entertainer and not just get on stage and lip-sync to a song. I have to do a little bit more. Mm. Um, I recently took a workshop on juggling. I I don't know how I'm going to use it, but it's something that I can add to my bag of tricks. Yeah, if you can juggle chainsaws on stage (laughs) and any soundtrack, you're going to kill. We don't have insurance like that, so (laughs) they're going to have to be toy chainsaws. (laughs) (laughs) Just start with oranges and then build your way up. Yes. Uh, so how did you get into drag kinging in the first place? How did you land in this world? Uh, my best friend at the time was uh, dabbling in the burlesque and drag king community in, here in D.C. Uh, I had never heard of a drag king before, but I went and I watched and I was instantly hooked. I was like, I want to be up there. I want to be one of them. Mm-hmm. And at the time, there was a troupe here in D.C., uh, the D.C. Kings. They uh, they were in D.C. for about 15, 16 years and they had like a monthly new member meeting. I showed up and decided to give it a try. I mean, I know it's probably not as long of a story as you were hoping for, but <laughs> any drag performer is going to tell you that, you know, when you first start doing drag, it's it's cathartic. It's it's a way of expressing yourself. It's it's a way of exploring different sides of yourself. And mm. through all of that, you know, I, my first performance, um, a girl in the audience who pushed her way to the front carrying uh, Jamesons and ginger ale and dollar bills in one hand is now my wife. So, you know, it all kind of <laughs> segued into, Yo. you know, better, better times. <laughs> That's so real. That's so real. She's also a performer here in the city. She goes by Lexi Star is her burlesque name. Um, who is your drag king character? Can we call it a character? Yeah. Um. When you create these personas, they they eventually, you know, they evolve just like, you know, just like people do, right? So, you know, when I first started this persona, it was mostly an excuse for me to perform T-Pain songs because I really like T-Pain. So, you know, I had this elaborate backstory of, you know, uh, a a washed up early 2000s rappers trying to find their next big hit. That was essentially my bio for years. That was what I was portraying on stage. So I wore a lot of chains and, yeah. um, you know, jewelry and I did a lot of hip hop. Um, <laughs> I, I think Ricky has kind of morphed into my, my muggle personality and is essentially this uh, very confident person who wants you to be confident. I'm, I'm big on like telling people that you can do this as well. I love getting new people on the stage. Mm. Uh, I love being a voice for the community. I love, uh, talking about drag kings. I love being in rooms with drag kings. I love fighting for drag kings. So <laughs> I guess Pretty Ricky kind of became this like advocate uh, for for drag kings in general uh, at some point and a, a person who encourages others to give it a try and and see how it, it helps bolster their confidence. I'm I'm a confidence dealer. I got a <laughs> trench coat on the corner and I'm like, hey, you need to pick me up for today? I yep. like open it up and there's confidence <laughs> on the inside. Come on stage. Let's uh, let's juggle some stuff. Yes. <laughs> some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's so interesting. I I love that you described your on-stage character as your muggle personality. Almost like a version of yourself that you thought you can present to people and and feel like it would be easier to yes, be, um, to understand. Yes. Absolutely. 
Um, you know, something that's really interesting about performance in general, uh, and I've seen it a lot on our stage for Pretty Boy Drag, the troupe that I um, co-produced with my wife, we see a lot of people give drag king a try because they're questioning their gender, they're questioning uh, possibly their sexuality, uh, and it's mm-hmm. a way of people kind of playing this person that they don't know if they can be in their regular life and trying it on. Does this feel comfortable to me? Does this mm-hmm. feel real? Does this feel authentic? Um, drag has a really interesting way of of changing people for the better. I, I want to ask you how it changed you for the better. Oh, oh, uh, uh, confidence is a, is a big one. Um, so if my wife was here, um, she'd be laughing at me just a little bit, uh, <laughs> reminiscing about when we first met. So when we first met, I, I was very uncomfortable with the term dyke or butch, mm. although that was definitely where I leaned more towards. And uh, I was still wearing like ill-fitting women's clothing because I didn't like the way that it feel, felt on my body. So I would buy like larger sizes, but that just looked terrible. And going into drag and, you know, wearing men's clothing for a performance got me comfortable wearing men's clothes in regular life. Um, I feel better in them. I feel more confident in them. I look better in them. Oh, wow. um, if I do say so myself, um, <laughs> hey, <laughs> I feel uh, drawn to men's clothing styles. I love suits. I love tuxedos. I love ties and bow ties and uh, sock garters, all of the, the whole, the whole shebang. I think it's uh, sexy. I think it's um, hot. I I think it's all of those things. And, you know, for a long time, I felt like I couldn't enjoy those things because quote unquote, I'm a girl, right? I'm a girl. That's not what girls do. Girls wear dresses. Girls carry purses. If you try to give me to get me to carry a purse, it would be the most awkward thing you've ever seen in your life. It's like a newborn baby giraffe kind of so awkward. Funny. But you put me in a pair of wingtip shoes and a, a suit, uh, and I am the most confident person in the room. And you know, I, I deal with a lot of like anxiety and depression, and it really helped me figure out. Uh, where some of that anxiety was coming from, um, mm. feeling uncomfortable in public, feeling uncomfortable in my skin, feeling uncomfortable in my clothes. And trying drag really helped me embrace that. And, you know, my wife was uh, very adamant that, like, she's like, you look uncomfortable in your old clothes. Try something different. Try something new. And oh. it really, it just really helped me. It, it helped to have somebody say, it's okay. This is perfectly okay for you to do. It's it's your body. It's your choice. You do what you want to do. And I just felt like a different person. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So you wear the chains. Uh, what else does Pretty Ricky wear on stage? 
Pretty Ricky wears definitely wears a lot of chains, big, uh, gaudy earrings, um, a la any mid two thousands rapper or nowadays. Mm. I, you know, they, I, that style never really <laughs> went, back. went out. Right. <laughs> so, uh, as a performer, lots of performers have a shtick. Like, mm. uh, you know, uh, I mentioned, uh, you know, my sideshow performer. You know that when they get on stage, they're going to do something. That's sideshow esque. They're going to eat fire. They're going to, you know, crush glass. They're going to do something along those lines. Yeah. For me, it's uh, I, I'm a big T-shirt and underwear reveal person. I have several pairs of underwear at home that have words rhinestoned on the butt, uh, and that's my thing. <laughs> like I love to reveal underwear that say something on the back. And and so to answer your question, uh, Pretty Ricky <laughs> starts off with clothes and a lot of times ends up with less clothes. So that's, awesome. that's what I like to do and. Um, it's fun. It's, you know, anytime that you start to take off clothes on stage, people yeah. just instantly start to clap for like they're, no they're reason. They're going to lose like, their minds right away. Right. But even if you're just like, I'm hot and I'm just taking off my jacket, they're like, woo. They're like, nah, <laughs> this is, this is not that kind of show. But, um, that's what I like to do. Do you ever play with facial hair? I've seen yes. some videos where they like, will will have mustaches, funny beards. Like, what do you do? Yes. Uh, I'm a big five o'clock shadow person. <laughs> Which is probably one of the more common if, – if if a new drag king starts, I think there are two facial hairstyles that are the most popular. It's the goatee and the five o'clock shadow. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do a drag king 101 here about every six to eight weeks here in D.C. Just for people who are curious about drag kings or who actually want to perform. Um, and one nice. of the, the parts of the workshop is talking about facial hair. So um, there has to be some sort of adhesive on your face to get the hair to stick. That um, makes sense. For me, for a five o'clock shadow, um, this may sound a little gross and I promise you it's not. So when my wife washes her hair in the shower and you get those few like handfuls of, of, of dead hair that come off, she actually washes those for me and I cut those up and I use her hair as my facial hair. How is that uh, not gross it's clean. again? <laughs> it's, 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 it's clean, right? Like, it's, yeah. At least I, I know where it came guess. from. <laughs> Look, you'd be amazed at some of the places that drag kings find hair. Uh, yeah. I've heard rumors. I won't I won't talk about it, but I've heard rumors. <laughs> oh, no. Now um, I'm using my imagination. Oh, yes. No, no, no. Wherever your imagination is going is exactly where I, what oh, I'm no. uh, implying. Um, I, I knew one drag king who claimed to do that, and I was like, that's gross. Um, <laughs> uh, so you cut up the hair real fine. Um, it's almost like a powdery substance by the time you're done. Um, so you put the adhesive on your face and then you use like a makeup brush and you dab it in the hair and then you, you're able to place it on your face. And it looks actually very realistic. And um, I bet under stage lights, you can probably get away with a lot. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, so what about the way that you act? For me, I tend to perform in a more hyper-masculine way. Uh, so, uh, you know, if I'm embodying hip-hop artists on stage, there's going to be some, you know – a lot of machismo kind of thrown in there mm. for the performance. But uh, drag kings, I think, play with what gender means a little bit more. So you'll you'll find a, a gamut of drag kings and how they perform on stage. Uh, some of them do are, are like me and do more hyper-masculinity. Some people like to do a, a very like gender-fluid mix. We've had a drag king um, perform with us who would come out with a full beard and – uh, hair on their chest, but wearing red stiletto heels and red lipstick. Um, just playing with the idea of what performing masculinity means. And, um, you know, you have some people who try to embody 
people like Mick Jagger, you know, there might be a little bit more like femininity <laughs> kind of thrown in there, right? Yeah. So you'll have a, a gamut of people. But for me, it's more about the hyper-masculinity and how do you perform in hyper-masculinity and not make it toxic? So where did you, your ideas about masculinity come from? So there's, you know, there was a lot of inspiration drawn from like some action heroes that I really liked, uh, obviously like hip hop artists. And then in my real life, I have an older brother who's 12 years older than me. Um, he has always been a huge influence on me. You know, my brother was an 80s kid. So like breakdancing was his thing. Um, he also, you know, rapped just a little bit. I, I would sometimes watch him do, you know, freestyle with his friends. So that was a huge influence on me. Um, and as well as my father, who um, my father was super old school. My father was born in 1934. So uh, he came from a very different era and he was raised in the deep south and, you know, his idea of masculinity was different than my brother's idea of masculinity. You know, they they definitely presented themselves in very different ways. Um, you know, my father was very much a, like a gentleman, uh, for yeah. sure. You know, yeah. he was, you know, he believed in, you know, holding the door for women and pulling out chairs for women. And, um, and you know, he's a classic although, kind of guy. Yes, very classic kind of guy. And. I think Pretty Ricky definitely draws from both of them. And my brother was also a very funny person. So, you know, Pretty Ricky tries to tell jokes. I think I'm funny. Sometimes I'm funny. Uh, and then, you know, I like to think of myself as a, as a classic gentleman as well. But in your act, you were talking about how you perform a little bit of a hyper-masculinity. That feels a little different than the way you're describing your father and your brother. Yeah, that hyper-masculinity definitely comes more from, like, the hip-hop uh, artist side of things. Um, and, you know, for some people who may not understand what hyper-masculinity is, it, it's, uh, ooh, how do I describe it and not, and not be completely negative? <laughs> Good uh, luck. I uh, know, right? So it, it's, uh, it's definitely taking up a lot of space. Um, it's definitely commanding the room. Um, it can at times be uh, very sexual. It can be very objectifying uh, in negative contexts. It's... Um, it's very interesting to perform that on stage because it feels – at times it feels very foreign to me and then at times it feels very comfortable to me. So, um, Is it a parody, do you think? Yeah, absolutely, for sure. It kind of has to be simply because uh, we often see so much masculinity in the world that's, that's toxic, right? That is, uh, is harmful to others or harmful to – uh, the person who is behaving this way. Um, and so for drag kings, it's uh, very much so about some of them actually like outright make fun of, of masculinity and, you know, the things that we that we've seen our uh, cis men do and that are in our lives. Uh, and sometimes it's about just creating that question of, you know, if this is masculinity, is this toxic masculinity? Can we make toxic masculinity? take out the toxic part of that and make it uh, less about gender and more about presentation. There, I, I, there are so many different ways that we, we talk about this in our space and we explore it in our space. And for myself, uh, I think I tend to work, I have a, so my muggle life, I am a <laughs> uh, web developer, uh, which tends to have a lot of uh, white dudes. Yeah. And before drag king, I, I definitely had a lot of anxiety about being in the space and about um, 
you know, some, oftentimes being the only black woman uh, in my department. And Jeez. since kind of adopting this, uh, you know, exploring what masculinity means to me and using that in a way that allows me to go into a room and feel confident about where my place is in that room. I'm not afraid to speak up. I'm not afraid to uh, call somebody out, whether that be about work stuff or about, mm-hmm. you know, sociopolitical stuff. It, it feels like when I started to embrace my masculinity a little bit more, it made me feel like I can also take up space, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I totally get what you're saying. Uh, I'm really curious about this power disparity because the the more we talk about satire and parody it kind of makes sense that for a drag king show to to be a little bit like it it almost reminds me of a circus with people breathing fire and juggling and yeah and kind of bringing the audience in and and encouraging laughter but and also shock and awe yeah Uh, it almost makes sense that it would have to be that way considering the amount of space that men take in society. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I wonder if those two things are linked for you, the performance and also uh, the power disparity between men and women in common society. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, kind of reiterating what I said uh, earlier, like we we are taught, female, female body folk are taught to not take up space. Um, and it's interesting when you go to a drag king, one of our drag king one ones the first thing that we tell them is, uh, depending on how you are performing this masculinity, take up more space. And the, the look on people's faces when they're told that it's this like realization that in their lives, they, maybe they don't, that they, they tend to shy away from certain things because they're taught that, you know, we're taught since we're, you know, old enough to understand things that, you know, we should be more submissive and we should be, uh, you know, don't make a fuss or, you know, if you uh, speak up too much, you're a bitch, right? Mm. You're, uh, if you fight back too much, you're a bitch. And in this space, when we talk about taking up more space, I think it becomes this realization for people that you are allowed to take up space and you don't have to be a male body person in order to do that. And uh, tapping into this masculinity uh, in order to create that kind of confidence and and feel like you are a an equal there a peer with the men in your life and no longer a second class citizen to them right we are yeah. we are now peers we are equals and it changes people's perspective it changes the way that they uh, you know me being the, the best example the way that I walk around in this world and talking about specifically the parody part of it Making fun of all of these things that some super hyper-masculine men hold so dear, right, is um, the best form of comedy, in my opinion. Just <laughs> when when you're able to point to somebody's truth that they don't even realize that is their truth and say, that's weird, dude. You need to take a look at that because the fact that, that you hold that so dear to yourself uh, and you have no real – reason behind why you hold that so dear to yourself uh, is is something that I think, especially in Pretty Boy Drag, we excel at. Uh, and we don't typically have a lot of um, – our audience tends to be made up of mostly female-bodied folk, but we occasionally get some cis men in, in our audience 
who often come up to us afterwards and are very appreciative of the way that we've kind of broken down the way that they, that they present themselves. And, and I, I like to think that we kind of pass that along to people uh, as they leave our shows. Uh, what does masculinity mean? Why do I do things the way that I do them? Why do I mm. hold these things so dear to myself? Why can't I let them go? You said that every drag king has a shtick. Like, yes. How yeah. do you help a new drag king find their shtick? Uh, sometimes uh, we have new kings that start with us and they're like, I just want to do whatever I want and not have any kind of direction whatsoever. And I'm like, hey, you live your life. That's not how we do things here. So you figure yourself out out there. But in here, what we want to do is help people find their shtick, find their their direction. Um, and, you know, we have a performer right now who actually is a musician and performs on stage. And when we told them, there's no reason why you can't just be a singing drag king on stage. Why not just draw from those those things that you already know? They don't have to be two separate things. So sometimes it's about finding a talent they already have and, and encouraging them to like jump into it with both feet. There's no reason you can't be a drag king and do this thing at the exact same time. And sometimes it's about their musical taste um, and the, the, the artists that they, uh, they kind of admire. Um, you know, we get a lot of born in the 80s, mid to late 80s, you know, newbies who are really into like the pop punk thing. So uh, for me, it's about encouraging them to explore different artists in that genre and what is it that you like about them and emulate those things that you like, but also be original, right? Like don't right. think that you are the first person to ever be a drag king with like emo black lipstick. That's That's not a shtick. That's on the nose. So I encourage people to be a little bit more original, dig deeper than the surface, uh, which I think is can be very hard for people. Um, they get intimidated by that. Yeah. We, we, earlier we were talking about masculinity being a performance. So is drag kinging a performance of a performance? Mm. Wow. You got inception on me. I would have to say <laughs> yes, th that you put it that way. Like, uh, yeah. I mean... I, I would say, you know, we've talked a lot about masculinity being a performance, but femininity is also a performance, right? Like it's uh, – and we're not saying that if you are a more feminine person or if you're a more masculine person that you're faking it for some reason. But understand that these are things that you've adopted from people around you, from your environment, and these are not necessarily things that you're, quote, unquote, born with. So understanding that the way that we present ourselves to the world is is – you know, it's how we feel comfortable with ourselves and how we think other people will receive us well. Um, so, yes, absolutely. I think, you know, if we look at masculinity as being a, a kind of performance that, uh, you know, we see in the world and then drag king is essentially a performance of a performance, 100%. So another thing I'm curious about, do you see this as more of a study of gender or a deconstruction of gender? We have to study it first before we can deconstruct it. We first have to figure out what the the components of this it, uh, uh, this way that we we define gender and define masculinity and femininity. What are, what does that look like? And then we have to take it apart uh, and put it back together and, and figure out well what are we presenting now? Uh, is this masculinity? Is this still masculinity? Is this femininity? Is it both? And um, I think. 
we we oftentimes find that it falls somewhere in between by the time we've finished deconstructing it and putting it back together it falls somewhere in between all of those things so someone who wrangles a lot of drag kings and puts on these big shows that kind of make you an expert on gender right because uh, you're so exposed to both deconstructing and studying it uh, is there anything that you've learned about your personal relationship to gender through drag king uh, yeah, um, for sure. Uh, I, I definitely don't think I'm an expert, but, uh, <laughs> I think my exposure to different forms of femininity and masculinity have completely changed the way that I approach the world. I, I feel more enlightened, I guess, is, is a good way of putting it, or mm. terribly self-serving way of putting it, <laughs> however you want to yeah, frame that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, for me personally, I feel like I am, um, especially around kids, I'm more aware of the things that they, they pick up. Um, I have a lot of nephews and nieces. And, you know, when we're spending time together, um, you know, I think it's important for me because I have this exposure, because I have seen different forms of, of masculinity and femininity and everything in between those two, um, you know, encouraging younger people, younger queer folk and kids to let go of some of the things that they think they have to do. You know, if sometimes I have a 11 year old nephew uh, and he's a bit, little bit of a sensitive soul. And I think sometimes he gets picked on for being a boy who cries. And I think it's important for me to tell him that boys do cry and it's perfectly okay. And that's the show. Here at Man Up, we love getting emails and voicemails, and we'd love to hear from you too. Got any stories about performing masculinity? Leave a message at 805-626-8707. That's 805-MAN-UP-07. Or email us at manup at slate.com. We love topics for future episodes too. If you like this episode, consider supporting the kid and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. But more importantly, subscribe. We've got new shows every week, and I'd hate for you to miss it. Man Up is hosted and written by me, Eamon Ismail. Our producers are Cameron Drews and Danielle Hewitt. Our executive producers are Jeffrey Bloomer and Loen Liu. Gabriel Roth is the editorial director of Slate Podcasts. June Thomas is the senior managing producer of Slate Podcasts. We'll be back next week with more Man Up. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.